Driving, spinning, fading, in! 1.1 to go! Oh my goodness, Tyrese Maxey! Daniel Howell fills the lane and fills it up! What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Pick Swap Podcast. And it's been a little bit since Sean and I have uh, gotten the chance to get on here and talk, um, but we are as eventful as you could possibly be in the middle of August. It's been multiple months since the Sixers last played a basketball game, and yet they are more in the news today than they are when they're playing. Um, so, Sean Bernard, how are you doing today, man? You know, it's been a day. Uh, the two of us, neither of us are certified liars. I'll, we put, we'll put that on the table right now. Would never. But yeah, it's been hectic. Uh, the James Harden and Sixers staring contest seems headed for disaster. I really don't see a world where this turns out positive, to be honest, every chance I slice it. But I'm ready to dive into it, break it all down with you, James. Yeah, we're going to have a lot to cover today. As uh, many around the league, around the world, around Sixers Twitter and, and you know, Hoops Twitter in general have been um, discussing today. So I guess we can just start and address the elephant in the room. There's really not many ways around this. Um, so Sean will play a video of James Harden saying that Daryl Morey is a liar and we will go into the context following. Yeah, I'm sure everyone has seen this by now, but I will put this on the table and get this uh, get this going. So here is James Harden in China today. A liar, and I will never be a part of an organization on any sport. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey was a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. James, he hit us. He hit us with the let me say that again. And all hope of James Harden ever possibly coming back to the Sixers and at least playing out this season evaporated for me. When he hit us with the let me say that again. I said, oh, yeah, this is over. There's no <laughs> chance that this is repairable. Um, so I want to break this down in terms of everything else before we get to the ramifications of this beyond. I want to talk about just the entire situation as is. He's currently in China doing some sort of press tour with Adidas. Good for him. Why he chose that specific time and space to do that, whether it was a play for the fact that China already doesn't like Daryl Morey. I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that angle. Um, but just randomly doing this on a Monday morning in China when all of these reports have been flying around, it seems strange. It also seems strange that he would just go out ahead and say that. It seems very... For sure. <laughs> it seems like he's shooting from the hip. And that for a guy that's been in the league and knows the business for this long and probably has a team that's well-rounded and I'm sure... I, like, where does that come from, man? Like, I don't get it. And not to mention he, like, none of those people there originally got it. That's why he had to say it a second time. <laughs> it seemed just very out of context. And the way he was, like, swaying, like, he was, like, I've, like, I've, he was kind of out of breath. Like, it seemed like he was nervous. And it seemed like I, I felt that way, like, presenting in front of class or something. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I, I really am so lost at this right now. 
Well, I do think timing's the biggest thing. That this is coming one day after the the Woj report of the Sixers have taken James Harden off the trade block. That they're no longer in negotiation with the Clippers. I personally like didn't read into that report like at all. That's all a leverage play in my mind, and that's the game more he's trying to play. That I like obviously if the Clippers had called back and up their offer, that all of a sudden that there are conversations again. But it did seem like they hit a standstill. So I think Harden was judging that or going off that uh but yeah it's an absolutely crazy thing to say like i don't think i've ever seen that direct of a play and and i also just want to circle back to i do want to remind that i will never play for an organization that daryl morey is a part of well you happen to be under contract by the one organization that daryl morey is currently in charge of and i i it is in, insane the whole thing from start to finish i do want to jump into a little bit of who who you blame more in this situation in james harden or daryl morey but yeah i'll give you the the rock from here and let you take it yeah i mean we'll, we'll definitely go into that and i think it's there's two varying situations that it really can stem from yeah and i think i can understand one before the other and i'm sure we'll get into this like i don't even know the like how we're going to unlayer this one by one but like i I, like, I just don't know what to make of this. I don't know who it's over. Is that fault? Like, oh, it's over. There's no, there's no way that Harden comes back. Right? I, I'm okay with that. Like, I've been, we've been okay. We digested this a while ago. We were kind of expecting this to go a lot differently, but with the same result of him playing for a different team. So I'm not really sure why it's gotten to this point. And where does the lying or the supposed lying start? Does it? Did it start last year? when he signed that uh, contract and he maybe expected to get the payday this summer and the lie stems from that, or does the lie stem from Maury saying opt into this contract and we'll trade you? Cause I think a lot varies depending on where the lie comes from. Do you have an, like, is there any sort of direction of where it comes from? I think it's a, uh, it's a combination thing. It's a layered thing. I also saw a report floating out there. I don't even remember. I haven't seen a direct source, so I don't want to give it credit with it, but that, uh, Harden talking about like Maury just not sticking to his word in general. And one of the examples he used was Maury not bringing in pizza every Friday. That that was an agreement that they would have pizza every Friday in the facility. I'm going to find this tweet after this, but uh, that they did not have pizza in the facility, that it went for the first month of the season and that uh, it dropped off after that. And Harden was upset about that because th- that was a promise that was not delivered on. I hope it's much deeper than that. I really do that. That was not <laughs> something weighing on James Harden mind. Uh, but like you never know. I, <laughs> you never know for sure. So I think I'll put on my James Harden glasses real quick of why he's upset. So it definitely starts from last year with the contract that that was his last year was his sacrifice year, James Harden, that he took 15 million less than he could have, which I get it. I don't have too much sympathy for a guy still making 35 million, but he could have had more money. And even to people of that monetary stature, that's still a lot of money. So he took that for his boys to come over the PJ Tucker, the Daniel house to build a championship roster. That didn't happen. We got Blocked in the second round once again. We And to James Harden, by the way, the Sixers can get knocked out of the second round with or without you, pal. So don't put yeah. it <laughs> But then moving on, I do think it was this year is the more significant stuff that the expectation was from Daryl Moore that he would receive a max contract at the conclusion of this season. That didn't happen. It was radio silence from the Sixers and to James Harden. And from Maury's perspective, and this is where I will stick up Daryl Moore, whose job it is to do what is best for the Sixers organization. That decision would not be giving James Harden a long-term max. It simply just isn't. James Harden is still a very good player, but he's not a max-level player. He certainly will not be four years from now, which is what he wanted. Um, He's very good. He's still an effective NBA player, 
But it's also should be a wake up call to if he had a max contract from any other team in the league, he would be on that roster right now. And I get it. The cap space thing. That's why he's opted in. The thing that I will say, and this is where I would side with Harden. We don't know what was said in the room. If the conversation was between Maury and Harden and Harden said, look, I want to be traded. I don't want to play in Philadelphia. I will opt in and you trade me and that's the deal or I'm walking. And that was what happened. And then Maury saying, I'm not trading you. I will side with Harden a little bit on that, that that is just a bad move all around from a PR standpoint, from a player relationship standpoint, all of that. But I also can't guarantee that that happened. I think there's a more likely outcome that the route that Harden took was this is how I'm getting the most money. I will get $35 million by opting into this player option. I'm not getting that on the open market anymore. There's no team that's going to offer me that money. We're talking about Russell Westbrook, who is more damaged goods than Harden at this point, but I still think that there's a comparison to be made. He's making $4 million this year for similar reasons, that there just wasn't a market. And even for everything that people want to say about Westbrook, he's better than a $4 million per year player. So I think Harden had a look around and said like, okay, I'm really not going to get any money. And frankly, $35 million is above his market value at this point. So he said, I'm opting in and I want to be traded. If that's the case, then I don't think Maury has a responsibility to trade him. But yeah, I, I kind of think that's where we are. And what was said in that room for me kind of dictates where the, I guess, wrongness is. Yeah. I, and that's where I'm at too, is like, I want to be mad at Harden. I do. Like, I, I want to say like, that's bullshit. That's, you shouldn't do that. But from his perspective, if a guy that like, I know you've mentioned it a few times just throughout the day today, like we have never seen a relationship between a player and a GM the way that it, it is with outwardly and yeah, as tied up as they are and as close as they've been. Like you watch Daryl Moore in any like home press conference, he's got a big oil painting of James Harden in the background. Like that's a, that teeters on the fence of being weird, but regardless, <laughs> you've never seen a guy like have such admiration for a player and then do him so wrong. If, yeah. if it is coming out that that's what it is. And if regardless of if it was this summer saying opt in and we'll trade you, or if it was last summer saying, Hey, take this pay cut and I got you next year, either way, that's shady business. And that's not how you run an organization. And we'll, again, we'll talk about the next portions of, of what this means for the Sixers and them as an organization. But like if Maury is dealing that way, like I don't want him anywhere near this organization anymore. We're like whether he's going to take the do the big hits or, you know, whether he has the best interest of the Sixers in mind or not, being a general manager that operates in that way is bad. And yeah. that's bad news for the Sixers this year next year and for years to come and that's just not like you you can't do that you can't especially for a guy like Harden who is so just out there like he's gonna do and say basically whatever he wants we're, we're seeing that play out live so it's a I'm, ha I'm just having a really hard time deciding where to put all of the feelings that I have towards this situation because obviously it's gonna go at Harden directly because of this video and because of what he said but if he's telling the truth that that Maury gave him an empty promise and never Maury's fulfilled wrong. it. Maury's very wrong. And now yep. we have a bigger issue on hand, to be honest. Yeah, 100%. And I did want to bring this up just so it didn't sound like I was making stuff up here. But this was written on The Athletic. And shout out PF Tom, PFT commentator for tweeting this. The little stuff matters when running a team. The seeds of mistrust between Harden and Maury had been planted with the smallest forgotten promises, according to Harden. Quote, every Friday, that was going to be pizza day. We had pizza Friday for the first month of the season, and then that was it. It was supposed to be an every week all year long. You come in on Friday, you get a slice. Not some Fridays, every Friday. Consistency builds championship. 
That was the deal we had, but that was a lie. It's frustrating because I'm locked in. I'm thinking about one thing and one thing only, winning basketball games. Harden told the assembled class. <laughs> this is fake, man. Is it? Am I getting? got to be. I, I feel like be, that yeah. too. No, he, the PFT commenter is a, is a, is a goon. You are right. He's 100% lying. He's got to be. be. There's no way he said the class of 14-year-olds. He was saying that to them. Well, no, it's saying he said said this at the camp in China. That's what that was referring to. Yeah. The, the, what is what is it? The athletic premium plus. I gotta look that up. Is that I'm, a thing? Is that really a thing? I don't know. I'm gonna investigate this. I, as I was gonna say we gotta we gotta dig a little bit into this. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's lying. I think he's making a big joke out of this. I I, I will say I've seen other people not uh not PFT commentator run with this. Tristan okay. Crick I know did uh. I saw it also on her feed. Barstool. She's also Barstool, though. Question mark. She, former Barstool, but formerly uh, Barstool. Okay, for sure. I understand your point. Um, either way, like if that's true, though, dude. If that's true, yeah. Either way, and I, I hope, regardless, whether it's true or not, that that doesn't sway me whatsoever. The fact that, that you like, even we even believed it for a second is a point of concern. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah, as far as the the Harden Mori thing as a whole, this is very much one of those where there's three sides of every story. There's the James Harden perspective, there's Daryl Mori perspective, and then there's the truth somewhere in the middle there. I, I'm still pretty shocked of just the. This is what I'll say about James Harden is he is the Michael Jordan of getting off of teams. He has everything in his bag for how to get out of an organization he doesn't win. We've seen him get fat. We've seen him not care on the court. We've now seen him directly call the Sixers president of basketball operations who loves him more than anyone in any front office anywhere, a straight up liar to as many cameras as could possibly put on him. And I have no clue what's coming next. Like that's what I keep circling back to is this has to come head to a conclusion somewhere. Harden is not dumb enough to not show up in training camp that we've seen how that didn't work for Simmons. And I do want to compare this a little bit to the Simmons situation because it is very different. Um, But if he stays away from the Sixers for over 30 days, that gives the Sixers the right to not allow him to be a free agent next summer and basically dictate his basketball future. He's not going to let that happen. That would be too too dumb. But Harden can do far more damage by being in the building and, and doing the things that we've seen him do in past, whether that is yelling at teammates or whatever it is. But that's kind of where I see things heading. And I guess if I have to pin you down right now, do you think James Harden shows up day one of training camp? I think this is coming from an optimistic standpoint. I think this gets resolved before training camp. I think... Yeah. And so, and this is a, a balance that I, again, I, I want to uh, kind of go into just because of the fact that we did this before. And so recently it happened. Situ- circumstances are a bit different, obviously, but with this, like, I I would so much rather go into this training camp having gotten rid of this whole situation one way or another and just play with the cards that you're dealt at that point rather than have to go into a season and try to balance this and have 98% of your organization there and focus on the season and focus on the games and then the other 2% and put all the media attention and everything people are talking about again is this like this gruntled star that doesn't want to be there and wants to be traded and holding out and doing all of this stuff. Like I don't want to deal with that again. Yeah. And so from my perspective, I think you cut your losses and, but then again, I don't know. You don't come across a guy like James Harden very often in your franchise history. Maybe you wait and try to get something back. But at this point, like if he's trashing you and your organization and saying I won't play for him, I won't play for them. Like, what is his trade value? And was that a bad move on his part to do this, having to know that 
other teams are seeing this and hearing this and being like, oh, well, he, he like, if he does that, like his trade bar, his trade value is so low. Maury's not going to trade him for a bag of chips. We literally just saw that happen. Well, I mean, the cat's out of the bag on the uh, James Harden willing to cause fuss. That that, that was That's true. written on his reputation before he yeah. got to Philadelphia there. And it's very clear, like, his goal of this is to be so intoler- intolerable that the Sixers have to trade him. That That's mm. what he's going for. The reason that I think it's very different from the Ben Simmons situation, and by the way, I put a poll out on Twitter that uh, I got some awesome response on, and I do agree with the vast majority of people who said that Ben Simmons' trade value was higher in the situation. Here's the difference is right now, James Harden is 33 years old on a one-year contract who will be a free agent at the end of this. Ben Simmons was 25 years old, had four years remaining, and there was more that they could stick it out, I guess. like the You really can't afford to do that for the Sixers. And I thought that they were landing at the point where both sides had to look in the mirror, this is our best option. For the Sixers, I don't see a route where they can get a player better than James Harden that increases their, their chances in a trade, especially when he's doing this. For James Harden, I don't see a team where you can play as active as a role on a contending roster. And it seemed like for the most part, take away Daryl Morey, he likes Joel Embiid. He likes Tyrese Max. He likes a lot of these guys. Like, I don't see a world where I, I guess money and feelings are the biggest things that are wrong here, that he wanted a long-term max offer, that he wanted to. I, I, I really don't. I can't put myself fully in James Harden's shoes. I don't fully get what he's going for here. I don't see where the grass is greener anywhere else, even if it is the Clippers, whatever. But um, that's where I thought we landed on. And it's very clear that James Harden was not in on that plan that Daryl Moore was trying to make happen. So I guess I'll swing it to you and ask, do you think that Ben Simmons' market was significantly higher than James Harden's at their their comparative holdout points? Yeah, I, I yeah. think unequivocally. I, I don't think actually it's really very close um, because of the fact that the Sixers also had leverage. It was right. something that they were willing to wait out. And, and the fact that this is the second iteration of this same problem, that also plays a factor in it. Like you're looking at organizations saying, okay, two times in the last three years, you have a point guard that doesn't want to show up to camp and doesn't want to play for you and doesn't want any part of your organization and is saying it completely out loud. You know what I will say? At least we got it from the horse's mouth with with Harden. Harden. At least we got it from him. We never heard Simmons talk about it until he went to the Nets and had that introductory press conference. And even then it was just like, yeah, it wasn't working out. Yeah, It wasn't a legit straightforward answer to problems. This is a direct, I have a problem with him. And that's why I'm not going to play there, which is why still wild. But yeah, yeah no, absolutely. I, I think there's still hope in Simmons. There's still some sort of hope that he becomes yeah. something that he is. And, and at his at his base, there's still something right. Like you could still hope he's a gadget defensive player um, that play that fits in certain line. Like there, there's something that you you can convince yourself of something. You there's no. Yeah. Right. There's no better version of James Harden than what we've already seen. There's right. no other side of him. And and we actually what we're seeing is the worst side of him is the decline of him. And like I I really enjoyed him last year. I really did. I thought he I thought he was very good. And the playoffs were incredibly frustrating, but it wasn't just him. It was a lot of this team and Joel included and Doc Rivers included. And there was so much to feel excited about going into this season with Nick Nurse coming in and it felt like there was a chance that they were going to change things up. And now it's just like, damn, dude, I haven't even thought about that in weeks because of this. And now we're looking down the barrel of another training camp where nothing makes any sense. And I just, I I can't do it. Like, I don't think Sixers fans, like people are so, 
so beyond out on this team that it's oh, yeah. like devastating. Yeah. I, I don't think the the Sixers the, as an organization grasp how much the fan base is out on this team and how close they are to just floating into that like nobody cares land for a long time. I, I don't think that that's fully grasped within the organization how lost the fan base is because of stuff like this. Because me covering the Sixers and I've talked significantly more about all this nonsense off the court and, and the, the quotes and all these things than the actual basketball being played. And that sucks for me too. I hate it that that, that has yeah. become my regular job that I woke up this morning and talked about James Harden muttering two sentences about why the GM's a liar for the past 12 hours. But like, I, I want to talk about basketball and this organization has become such like such poorly run and this stuff sticks. Like that's the other part of yeah. the Sixers. Like, this is now a reputation thing. This is running. This is history repeating itself. We've seen plenty of guys demand themselves out, whether it be Ben Simmons, whether it be Jimmy Butler not wanting to hang around, whether it be Furkan Korkmaz requesting two trades, James Jimmy Butler, I mean, uh, James Harden really pushing them against the fire right now. Like, that's just not in a way to effectively run an organization from a long-term standpoint. And I honestly think that Daryl Morey might be more connected to that than I initially gave him credit. This was a guy who had a pretty pristine record as a member of a front office for, for years leading up to his arrival in Philly. Uh, again, the truth I hope comes out. We may ne never even hear it, but I think there's a real chance that he fumbled this bag with, as far as the negotiations, how things are handled. And I don't see a way that he gets himself out of it or gets this organization out of it. Cause to me, I think that the championship window might very well close as James Harden exits. And that's not to say he was the one holding him open. He's absolutely a part of the problem, but I just don't see a route in which they can improve as a team with, without him and him doing this nonsense. Yeah. I mean, it's going to depend. I, I, that stuff is so, everything changes so quickly. You asked me two years ago about the championship window. It would have been so much different than two years before that. And two years after that, like, it happened. It, everything changes so quickly. I, but it shrinks so quickly. Like none of those it, oh, are for sure. Each one of these steps are we've gotten less optimistic. Each one of them is it's like there's limited options to improve. This to me, I think it might be like the final straw. Like realistically, can a championship contender be made out of Joel Embiid as he is, and then Tyrese Maxey hopefully improving? Like I love Tyrese Maxey. He's awesome. I'm so happy for him to be a part of this organization long term. But can he? Can you win as him as your second best player right now? Probably not. Unfortunately, I have a um, not not a hot take, not necessarily a prediction. But say this doesn't play out necessarily nicely, and the Sixers don't necessarily make a move that helps them in the short term. Could we see a phantom season-ending injury from Joel twenty-five Absolutely. games in? Absolutely, and actually punt this season and say hey we're gonna we're aiming for next off season we want og and anobi and we want to re-up and try again for the following 24 25 like there's a that idea creeps up. all right actually before the fact that i'm even talking about this brings me back to my point that i wanted to make when, when you were last talking is my bad no, no no you're you're good you brought it up and that's why i wanted to I wanted to pile on um, when we got the chance is this organization is a joke, man. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> I, I tried for so long to deny that and like talk to so many people in this area and talk to so many fans of this, the teams in this city and, and so many friends that so many friends that I have are in this city that, that genuinely just don't care. Like they watch me get so worked up about this stuff and they, they watch me try to figure it out and, pieces together and they just don't care 
And the since the process, they got clowned for that. They were a joke of an organization. The only person that came out of it on the other side is Joel Embiid. And now you see what's happened to him and the way that they've handled all of these th- these other factors that have come into play. And nobody takes them seriously. Because even when they're good, they get bounced in the second round. And even then, their stars are losing their minds and asking out. And now you have your president of basketball operations being called out by his number one guy that he's a liar. And on top of that, now, like, what what player is going to want to come here, man? Yeah. What I, player is going to yeah. look at this and be like, yeah, I'm happy. I, I'd love to play for Daryl Morey's team because he's going to be straightforward and transparent with me and this organization has run so well. And they like we they are it's we're, it's already not a destination for players to come in free agency. We've seen that year over year. Mm-hmm. But now on top of this, man, we can't like what is what has happened? What has happened? I once was so hopeful and optimistic and happy to watch this team. And now it's just like we're talking about so so many things so far away from basketball and like i just dude today was so like devastating to me it sucks yeah <laughs> it sucks so bad and look at us like dude remember when we started this and like where we were and that was only i mean seems only but like three seasons ago yeah and like it it's, it hasn't gotten better no no and what, what the hell man yeah, no, you're you're on the money about all of that. And to slide to the next point that you were bringing up there about this phantom injury for Joel and about the the cap space plan that's being sold by Daryl Morey, like what top tier free agent is going to look at the Philadelphia 76ers and say, that's an organization I want to be a part of. I get it. Joel's here. I get it. Tyrese Maxey's very good. But look at the mess, the circus that this place has been over the past decade, really. Like oh there's God. nothing. And, and as you mentioned also, like this already, Philadelphia is already not a destination. That it's already, we haven't seen them. Al Horford has been the number one free agent that's been able to be attracted purely by his own will. And he hated it here, that he was he was out right away too. So like, I, I just can't see. And besides the fact that there's not that many top tier options out there, we are talking about a Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi who are probably a step below. So maybe what I would consider like a true star of the NBA and I get it, like they're better fitting parts. Maybe you could make that argument that they work better, more athleticism, more of a modern basketball skill set. Sure, I can hear you out on that. But like the still, the point still comes that they have to choose to come to play for these Sixers. And I'm not very optimistic. I'll tell you right now, if I was Pascal Siakam and I'm watching all this go down, I don't care how close I am with Joel. I don't care that we both came from Cameroon. I don't care about any of that. I'm saying I want no part of that organization. And I don't blame any free agent that feels that way. Yeah. Maybe Nick Nurse, maybe Nick Nurse is a factor um, as well. But like, dude, I, one of my friends is a a Celtics fan, um, unfortunately for everyone involved. But we were talking about just like the the Celtics and their core and the Nuggets and their core and all these other teams that are consistently contenders and, and building and building and building and there's consistency, there's continuity, there's year over year, the same guys showing up and being there for that team. And, you know, it it hasn't necessarily worked out fully for the Celtics yet, but they've had more success than the Sixers. And up until this year, it wasn't necessarily working for the Nuggets and and then it works, but, and Giannis and the Bucks and and that team. And there there just isn't that, there hasn't ever been that. They got too comfortable with turnover and way too comfortable with showing up with a different squad every single day. 
compared to every single year and never bringing guys back to figure it out. When the going gets tough, everyone here just flees. Joel has stuck through it, but that's because he is the franchise. He is the one that's seen it all through. Shout out to Furcon. But aside from that, man, it's been nobody else. This team is unrecognizable on, in October every single year. It yeah. takes us months to get familiar with just the guys on the bench. And that's like, it's so, it, it just proves that this, this organization isn't well-oiled. And, and you look across the street at the Eagles and you look across the street at the Phillies and it's like, damn, they got to figure it out. Yeah. What are we doing on this side? Like, why can't we find some of that juice? Because it really, it's not about the players and the coaches. It's about everything that leads up to those guys. And it just seems like it's an afterthought to them. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I, and yeah, you, you, we're, I, we're just crucifying the Sixers and they deserve it. But, and I'm not going to write revisionist history about what could have been if like no. Sam Hinkie was the guy that took this, but I will say like, it couldn't have been worse. Like it could, we couldn't be at a worse <laughs> spot right now. And if yeah. you look back at like the assets that were assembled and another thing that both the Celtics and the Nuggets do, which the Sixers have really lacked on since the Hinkie days is that forward thinking ability that constantly trying to add draft picks. The Celtics moved around the entire NBA draft, added a significant amount of picks and really like, at the expense of very little, they, they keep their core intact and they add around the edges. The Nuggets, the same thing. They were in the NBA Finals and they were making trades over draft picks. Like That's thinking ahead. That's having your next move, your, your next step planned out. It feels like the Sixers have been so reactionary to everything that it's put them behind the eight ball. And when you look back at the amount of assets that were assembled at the peak of the process when Sam Hinkie was there, and look at how depleted everything is now and the lack of talent that's really on this roster – because it is just Joel Embiid. And I do feel bad for the guy. I'm over my upset of the playoffs. It's still there a little bit. But I'm yeah. I'm back on, like, that's my guy again. Like, this is a guy who's lived through three general managers. He lived through the Hinky days, the Brian Colangelo days, the Elton Brand days, even Brett Brown taking a turn there for a little bit. And now he's on Daryl Morey. So that's five right there on my hand. This is his third coach. He's had over uh, probably over 200 players now. Last time I wrote this in an article, it was 150 teammates that he has had. Like, what kind of ecosystem is that for a superstar to really flourish in? And to Joel's credit, like he's exceeded expectation by miles and miles and has continued to get better. And I expect that he's still continuing to get better this offseason, but he can't do it alone. And yes, he has his shortcomings. He's not perfect either, but it sucks that like I, I can't come down on this guy because there's so much of a mess around him. And it's just not like a successful way to run a franchise or grow players. And, and we're seeing the results of that. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's a lot of other factors. Maybe it's a lot of other things that that play into this. But it just, dude, I, I became so um, like retrospective today, thinking about like what has happened to get us to this point, and it was so just like crushing because I mean everything that could have gone wrong over the last eight years. Say let's just generously give it eight years everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong. Basically the only thing that's coming, I mean, Maxi, Maxi is a godsend basically. And then outside of that, obviously Joel, but you know, basically everything that everything else that could have ruined it has ruined it. And we're here without even a conference finals appearance. Joel Embiid has, I mean, he won an MVP. Like that's getting so lost in the shuffle. Somebody literally said today to me, that was like, yeah, like Embiid's in his prime. He just won an MVP. And I was like, holy shit, dude. He just won an MVP. Nobody even cares. 
feels like embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, nobody <laughs> cares. Nobody even cares at all. And like, how? Just how? How is this where we are? How is this the conversation that you and I are having? When you texted me that first time when we got on this podcast, I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to be great. We're going to win the finals. We're going to go blah blah blah. This is going to be so much fun." And this team had so much promise and so much build and. There was a core there, at least, that, or, or a semblance of one. And, ugh, dude. What James, it, we, and we drafted two number one overall picks who both refused to shoot for various reasons. That, like, yeah. how does that possibly happen? With Ben Simmons, just like we saw how downhill that went. That was a guy, and like Markel Fultz, I feel much more sympathetic for Fultz than I do for Simmons for obvious reasons. But like the Fultz thing, how does that happen either? That that guy was money. He was disgusting at Washington. And then all of a sudden he can't lift his shoulder above here on his arm when he gets to Philadelphia. And I, you can criticize the, the draft decision because I know it happened a little before and there's still a ton of gray area on what the story is there. But like how as a franchise can that possibly happen? And then you dive through the Julia Local Forest, the Nerlens Noels, the, all these guys, the pick swaps, the everything that just – did not come about. It is so frustrating. And uh, before I just fully rip into the bag, I want to hit you with, I have two questions here. One, yep. one, one's obvious. will just be kind of a, a prediction on how this wraps up. Uh, but the first one I want to hit you with is who is in Philadelphia longer, Daryl Morey or Joel Embiid? <laughs> um, I hope Joel, I hope Joel, I, dude, at this point, like depending on how this plays out, like I kind of want, I, I kind of want more gone. Yeah, I want him away from us as fast as he can go. Is if what Harden is saying is true, right? There's still like there's a lot. I, I think there's a lot that's being left out here from either side, and I, I do think, like you said earlier, like the truth is kind of somewhere in the middle, and maybe both of these sides are in the wrong. The thing is, I just, dude, like, he loves Joel, and they have that rapport. Dude, maybe, maybe, spin zone, maybe James Harden is jealous of the relationship that him and Embiid have, and is like, feel like he's getting played out right now. (laughs) Maybe. Full drama now, full reality show, full... I mean, the NBA is a full-time reality show at this point. At this it, point, it, man. It, it more is about reality television than, than basketball. But I, I think it is much more likely that James Harden is straight-up delusional about how good he still is. Uh, I like where your mind's at with thinking outside the box, but <laughs> I think it's probably more likely that he still thinks he should be the star when I don't think a team run with James Harden as the number one is remotely a competitor at this point. And it, the transition in James Harden's career right now should very much be like, him understanding that he's ready to take a back seat, that his body can't do it anymore. He doesn't have that burst, all these things. He should be happy that he's playing next to Joel Embiid. Instead, it feels like he's like pissed that he's not the guy and he doesn't have all these shots called for him and all these things. And we're seeing the after effects of this. I think that's a big part of the root of everything too. Cause he talked all about like wanting stylistic freedom. And it's like, dude, you individually held the ball more than anyone but Luka Doncic last year. Out of the entire NBA, you were second in time of individual possession. I don't want to hear about your basketball freedom. And sure, you can talk about like how he had to give the ball to Joel at the elbow and all these things. Well, figure out how to be effective. Go move off ball. Maybe cut for once. Maybe maybe set yourself up for an off-ball shot. Those things are all foreign to James Harden. So I, I'm, I'm backfired up on Harden. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I mean, at this point, dude, like send him to Utah. And just like get, but I mean, I don't, I don't want him to go anywhere good. I don't know. I mean, actually I'm going to, I'm going to take that back. Actually. I, I, 
I don't I don't really ish any I don't wish any ill will on Harden at this point. I just want this to be resolved. So I don't want it to come off as I'm like want him to send him to like a shit place where he's gonna get nothing. Like I don't really care. I just want this to be over. And dude, bring me Norman Powell. I'm a big UCLA basketball fan. He's been one of my guys since like 2015. So like just bring him over. Let him shoot a couple threes. Let me let him forget how to shoot actually on his way over. Probably will happen. Like probably would happen, but like ah, dude. If if you line up every single team in the NBA and say you can just have James Harden for free, how many of them are taking him? Yeah, that's the problem. Like Like the Clippers, like maybe the Clippers. Dude, but they basically were like they're like not giving up Marcus or Marky Morris for Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann was a deal breaker for them. Yeah. Like what? (laughs) (laughs) And if you like if you if they genuinely want James Harden, I like Terrence Mann. He's a nice player, but like come on. Come on, like, like, come on, <laughs> uh, yeah, like get real. That's more telling to me of like nobody wants James Harden. His market, that, like, yeah. And uh, again, he's for sure like a, still a decent level NBA player. This is not an indictment on his talent, but it absolutely is on his style and all these antics that he continues to stick to him. Like as much as we're talking about these things sticking his reputation to the Sixers, same thing with a player. Same thing with James Harden. That this is the third organization two in the span of two seasons that you've done this to um and you're just not good enough for that level of a head case anymore that you are a fine player but you're no longer somebody that organizations are keeling over and to on top of that be complaining about the money that he makes like even at the end of the season he's gonna be wanting a max contract regardless of how he plays and even if he's in coming and kicking up a storm and showing up fat and all that he's still gonna be wanting a max contract from somewhere and there's no world where i see him getting that I, I don't know where he goes. I don't know who, like, maybe the Suns might take him. Maybe the, but like, that's on just like not trading. They don't have anybody else to move. All their money's wrapped up in the four guys that are starting for him. And like, I don't know what I, that's. A, and I think that's the scary part too, is I don't really see an end. Like, at least with Ben, it was like some, at some point, some team will convince themselves that he could be this, what we convinced ourselves of for so many years. But there's no team out there that's like, oh, yeah, like he could really maybe like the Bulls, maybe the Bulls will trade for him or I don't know, like I can't even throw Raptors. him like, I, yeah, the rap, but like the Raptors don't want him. Nobody wants him. That's where we keep getting back to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't know. Like, dude, even if like the Bulls traded, I would take like I would take like Caruso. And like, that's it. Like if you traded Harden for Caruso, I know that the money wouldn't work, but I, like I'm telling you, it's so, it would just be, it would take so little for me to be happy with a trade just because I want this to be over so bad. But I know that that is not Maury's perspective at all. And we're also getting to the point where the championship window is closed when we do that, that there's no world where trading for Alex Caruso changes the Sixers championship chances. He's not a third guy on a championship team or a second guy on a championship team, which the Sixers are still missing. Do we think we can have a Tobias Harris resurgence all of a sudden? He's yes. the guy this year. Yeah, you're yes. buying into that one. Yeah, I'm back. I'm all back in, all the way back in on Tobias. I, I can't wait to watch it. He's an assassin. Scoring assassin. I, I've heard. It's word on the street. But <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. I need to see some sort of significant trade within this roster. And I know we just talked about continuity and all that. But if we show up to training camp and the Sixers roster is as it's currently constructed, I will lose my mind. Whether that is James Harden finally being shipped off, a deal becoming <laughs> – if there is like a if they want to stick out the Harden thing and and just see what happens, which 
at this point, <laughs> I don't think it is, is advisable. I don't think that's probably the best route for success. But if that is Maury's mindset, I still need a Tobias trade or I still need a PJ Tucker and something trade. I need I need new blood in this organization. Patrick Beverly, who I love and I am excited to be rooting for on the court. Like I saw him tweet out today how uh, don't worry, like Philly, Philly's at its best. When Did he do that? Adversity. Yeah. He said, uh, "Oh, I didn't even see that." Yeah, something uh, something about Philly's at his best when going through adversity. I gotta which find that, man. I do love, I do love that. I love him. him. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about Pat Bev, but the Sixers were much more than one Patrick Beverly away from winning a championship last year, and for us to now be, to some extent, for sure, losing the our 20 and 10 point guard that hurts. So I, I guess, yeah. like, I, I agree with your sentiment of get this over with, but I also like. Then it's over, and and we're pretty much there. <laughs> nah, chill. Philly thrives in adversity. <laughs> I like your optimism, Pat. I do. Yeah, uh, I could have done without even seeing um, Dave Portnoy. Actually, I had to I had to view the tweet because I have him blocked. Um, wow! Wow! Very anti Portnoy. Regardless, just wow. that's a. That's a conversation for another day, but I, I agree with you. I mean, at this point, you might as well just go all the way in on it and just say whatever. Continuity doesn't matter. We'll just flash in the pan. Hopefully, like things go crazy and we win a championship off of a whim. Because what what would be more what would be more ridiculous than what we've already done? Like the only thing that they haven't checked off the list of like the most outrageous things that possibly happen is win a championship. So maybe they'll just like backdoor their way into a good season i I don't know i I could be convinced of literally anything at this point like there's just there's not much more in the tank for me mentally with this team and it's just i'm I'm in a bad spot today yeah i'm in a very bad spot and people have seen the worst of it and i just dude like i'm i'm genuinely just like speechless i like it's over. There's I've talked I've talked my face off today about it and there I haven't ever come to a better version of it. I haven't gotten myself to a, a better spot. It's just downhill. It's and yeah, I mean maybe it is over. But like dude, the, the idea of like everyone's like, yeah, and B is gonna ask out after this season and it's like I'm gonna vomit. I'm gonna throw up. I and hate sad, that idea. The sad part is, is the right move for everybody. Like I'm the biggest Joel guy in the world. And I've many times threatened, like if he changes organizations, I would be a fan of them over the Sixers. Like, I think that that this is all trending toward it's more likely like that's that just seems- if, that ha- if that happens, I will. I genuinely like, I don't know how much I would be able to watch basketball. Like, I don't know how much I'd be able to watch NBA basketball anymore just because of that fact and i would never forget like i i would make it my personal life's dedication to like ruin daryl Morey's life <laughs> and just what a damn waste of such a special talent dude like to not and some of this is on joel's shoulders you can't deny that but like to not make it past the second round with a player of his caliber at this stage in his career is unbelievable and again i know joel holds some dude. fault for this but like i just oh. It's ugly, man. Like there, I see no positive outcome from this. I'm not. I'm not getting there yet. It hasn't happened, so I'm not going to let myself deal with that right now. Okay. So we final, have too much on our plate. Final prediction, and then we'll get out of here because this has yeah. been a. Not <laughs> this a has been brutal. Yeah. This is our worst one. This is our worst <laughs> one by far. <laughs> so we've I'll done say- a lot of. We've done a lot of episodes, man. We've we've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. This is the worst one. 
This hurts. This is the, the. I mean, I feel like my bar for least optimism has continued to just <laughs> get worse. But um, every time we're at rock bottom, man, we just keep going. Yeah, rock bottom keeps getting lower and lower. But um, what's your final prediction? So you think that Harden's traded before training camp and for scraps on the dollar? Uh, no, I think that's what I would want to happen. I think my prediction is that he gets traded in late November, early December. That is during basketball season. That is during basketball season. Actually, that makes, I mean, if he's just not going to play, though, he's not going to play. But he is. I'm telling you, he's going to be there. And he has to because they yeah. do have that over his head. The fact that they could basically end his basketball career as he knows it. So, like, he has to show up. Yeah, he's not dumb enough to let that happen. Yeah, and his agents and his camp wouldn't let him do that. But correct. So I, I it's not going to happen before training camp. This is going to go to training camp for sure because they're going to play chicken. Like oh, Maury gosh. knows at the end of the day, Maury knows that this is not over, whether Harden likes it or not. It's not over, and he knows that. It's a toxic. It's a very toxic relationship. I guess my final prediction is Harden shows up to camp, has a hamstring injury. Yeah. It gets very publicly gross. And the what if the league steps in? What if the, what would the league do? Well, we got this nice ass memo from Adam Silver not that long ago saying how players can't handpick their locations and stuff. And I don't want to come off as Mr. Anti Player Empowerment, but like contracts are still contracts. Like you signed up to play basketball. And by the way, for this whole like I don't want to ever play for Daryl Morey again. And again, this I guess this goes back to the conversation of what was actually said in that trans transition and, and opting in but you just opted in to play for daryl morey so if i don't know I, we we don't know what was said but like i agree with you that adam silver absolutely needs to get involved to some extent that the pendulum has swung too far on allowing guys to just move around at their free will regardless of their contract i mean dame lillard i mean james harden they're both at fault in these situations and and it sucks and it dilutes the product it makes the nba worse I hate that it's turning reality television. I just want to watch basketball at a high level, which is what the league should be. And they're the only sport that has this issue. And I get it. Like, personalized, the NBA, one player matters more than that in any other sport. But you don't see Patrick Mahomes all of a sudden going, I want to play for the New England Patriots this year. And, and I'm yeah. making that happen. I don't care. It only happens in the NBA. And that need a lid needs to be put on, up. A lid needs to be put on that because it's only going to get worse. Yeah. I guess. All right. To give you an actual answer, because I've danced around this, whenever whenever Damian Lillard gets traded, because yeah. eventually that has to happen, right? I feel like we've all kind of just like gotten numb to that, that that is happening. Mm -hmm. Until that happens, Harden will be on the Sixers. But whenever that whenever that ends up happening, eventually some other team will feel the need to like one up them. Yeah. And and match that. So whenever I, I and I honestly have been saying this for a while. That his that whole thing that's happening with Miami and Portland needs to just be done with because the second that's over with, everyone can get on with their business. Yeah. But the fact that it's still been dragging on this long has held everyone else up. And really, since that like whole thing started, a lot has just like gone like completely frozen. The rest of the league has kind of been on pause waiting for that to play out. So until when that happens, which I'm assuming will happen before the season, you'd you'd expect, right? Okay. So so once that happens, Harden will get moved and it'll be for like more than what we're currently expecting, but not some astronomical thing. Maybe it'll be part of that. Maybe, maybe they'll get their hands dirty and get in on a three, four, five team trade 
and make it a blockbuster. Let's start it. Let's just let's just blow the whole thing up. Let's just get like crazier than we already are. You know Take what I Tobias mean? Just, Harris. Take PJ Tucker. PJ Take Tucker. Get them all out of here. Yeah. Just gut it. Just gut it. <laughs> Leave me Maxie and Embiid and just gut it and let me start over. Okay, that's a good answer. I, I think that there is some legitimacy to that. I do think the Dame Lillard thing is a factor and something that Maury has mine as well. So I'll take that. I, I think the show up to training camp and the hamstring axe up on the first day is very likely. 100%. I think that's very much in James Harden's bag of force me out of a franchise. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess we'll see. We don't need to get too more long-winded on this. This yeah. is not a... Not an optimistic episode whatsoever, but I want to hear your guys' best comments of your rock bottom feelings, how you think things are going from here. Hit me in the comments with that. Make sure to drop a like on this video, subscribe to this channel. Also, check out Sixers Digest. I'm doing some stuff on there as well, so you can check out a little more short-form content from me there. And overall, we will we will still be around here on PicSwab. We will still be suffering through this. and uh, We'll be James, back. Yeah, we'll, we'll be, be back. back. We'll be back. Next so we'll, week. Hopefully next week we'll have a little more optimism in us. I'm sure we're going to have plenty more material to talk about knowing this team. Peace.